Let's talk to Nick Buckley, MBE, mayoral candidate now uh, and campaigner. He knows a thing or two um, about the plight of young men uh, trying to get their way through life. Nick, a very good uh, morning to you, or afternoon, I should say. Good afternoon. Great to be back on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see you. Um, I know we weren't going to talk about this, but Laura Dodsworth brought it up. And, and you know, there's, uh, I think it's Joanne Harris or Joe Harris, one of the authors from the, the Society of Authors, has said that, you know, young men, uh, young teenage men, boys, should read more books with female protagonists in order to help them understand women better. You know, all of this kind of mad wokery doesn't work mm. for me. And I'm sure you'd agree that, you know, boys have got a difficult enough time trying to figure out how to be a boy, never mind how to understand women. I mean, I've been a grown-up male for quite some time, and some of us might say, you'll never understand women. You know, you just can't. <laughs> yeah, if we want boys to read, why don't we give boys things to read that they're interested in? Yeah. Let's give them comics. Yeah. Let's give them books about aliens and fighting aliens and destroying other worlds. Let's give them books about where the hero was a man because he saves, he runs into a burning fire and saves a stranger's family. Mm. Let's give them books that they can relate to and they will read those books. Yes. But at the moment, we give them books that just bore them to life. Yeah. So they put them down and just don't carry on reading. Yeah. Or we get the opposite end of the spectrum where we get people saying, oh, don't read that book because it's too old fashioned and it might give you an old fashioned view of the world. Well, what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah, I mean, some of the old-fashioned books, I mean, let's be honest, there's hardly any new stories at all. Right. So we just reinvent... That's all the um, the Marvel Universe at the moment is. It's just reinventions of old stories, mm. old myths, old legends. And the reason why they're popular is because there's ancient stories in that. There's ancient learning mm. about how to be a hero. And that's what men should be. Men should be aiming to be a hero, to be protectors, to be providers, to looking after the community, looking at your family... And that's why our boys uh, have a void, because they're, they're not being fulfilled. They don't know what to do anymore. They really don't. And part of that confusion, I think, is born out of what you've just said, because a lot of people who have, have listened to what you've just said would say that makes perfect sense. Yes, boys should be encouraged to be heroic. They should be encouraged to have sort of male qualities. But, of course, a lot of people listening to that will be horrified and would recoil and go that's a disgrace you know how dare you sort of gender specific people and how dare you say that they should be behaving in a certain way because they're male but, but I agree with you yeah I mean if you're on the London underground as a woman and you're sat on your own in a carriage and you've got a man abusing you swearing at you honest believe me that woman is looking around that cabin going will another man please stand up and protect me? Yeah. She's not going, I don't need men to protect me, I will look after myself. She's looking for a man because that's our role in life is to protect, yeah. especially women and children. Who do you think shouts women and children first in mm. emergencies? It's not women, it's not children, mm. it's other men who shout that. Yeah. And they will not tolerate other men who jump the queue once that's been shouted. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, let's talk about your uh, candidacy, because since yep. you and I last spoke, you've decided to have a go at the political world. I mean, you've been on the edges of it for a while. What, what made you decide to actually run for office? I ran two years ago against Sandy Burnham for Mayor of Greater Manchester. Ah. I only had eight weeks campaigning. Right. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. Greater Manchester Police had just gone into special measures. I used to work with the police. I've trained police officers in my past. And I thought, I've had enough of this now. If we lose the police we're going to lose society. So I was never going to win, but I made a point of standing so I could raise those issues. And the last two years, I've had that many people telling me I should stand again, yeah. I should stand as an MP. Um, and then I decided it's, I, I need to give it a go. So I've launched my campaign now. I've got 11 months 
till the next election, which is the 2nd of May next year. And 11 months should be enough time for me to get my messages out there. And then it's down to the people. All I can do is give them a choice. Yes. And so what's your kind of um, main point of, of, uh, of attraction, if you like? What are you, what are you going to be telling the people of Manchester what they'll get if they get you? Yeah. So I've got a whole list of policies. Some, are, some haven't been announced yet. I'm trying to play the game of drip feeding into yes. the media over several months. But the ones we've talked about at the moment is no to net zero. Right. So as the mayor, the mayor's office will not endorse any project that restricts our movement, makes us poorer of a tax car use. Because... Hallelujah. It, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, you say <laughs> hallelujah. It's, it's as if I'm a brain surgeon. I know. No, listen, because people don't amazing. say it. Yeah, yeah, so let's just talk about common sense. And, you know, at the moment, we've got a cycling czar in Greater Manchester. So that, that goes day one. Yeah. And I'm going to replace it with a motoring czar. Great idea. Not because I want to gridlock our region with cars mm. because you know we need to look at pollution we need to have living you know in a cleaner world i get all that and i want that but at the moment the people being penalized are always car users and i want their voice to be heard in greater manchester so we're going to have a, a motoring czar and i also came up with something very controversial last week and mm. i've announced it now which is a woman is an adult human female goodness me don't, don't go crazy, Mike. Don't go that crazy. Is very controversial. No. Listen, on the subject of cars, funnily enough, I was just talking to Florence Pugh's dad, who runs a couple of restaurants in Oxford, and he's absolutely uh, incandescent with rage. He's had to hand, he's, he's had one of his places repossessed because there's nobody going there anymore because they've got these low traffic neighbourhoods, this kind of war on the car driver. But we we, we saw this yesterday. We thought this would be interesting. It's a Just Stop Oil protester um, holding up traffic in London, and suddenly uh, somebody fights back, and it's a surprising mm. somebody. Have a look at this. Everyone's just trying to go back their business, to go back their day. You are for all of them. You might feel better about yourself. All you do it is asking the cars. Because everyone hates you. I'm a liberal. I'm always going to liberal. I'm a cyclist. I'm a liberal. If I hate you, which is like you. And you all feel better about yourself, but you're hurting the cause. You feel better, but you're hurting the cause. You're hurting the good, the green cause. So you feel good about yourself, but you're not helping. So there you go, and there's even a cyclist having a go at Just Stop All now because there's such numpties. You know, I mean, they keep saying, oh, we have to raise awareness. Well, you don't really, because everybody's aware. Thanks very much indeed. I've got... It's not a conspiracy theory, but what I'm beginning to think of now about Just Stop Oil is they they have a different agenda, and their agenda is they're waiting to provoke violence. They're waiting until one of their members... And I'm not, I'm not sure that group itself is controlling that. I think they're being used. They're what Lenin said, are useful idiots. Yes. But I think someone's pushing them. So a member of the public loses it, and then violence happens because I think the Green Lobby, the Green Terrorists, are going to use that incident for mm. them to turn to violence. And well, I, I, think, I think that's where this is coming to. Yeah. Well, I think the people of, of London certainly are going to turn to violence if they don't stop holding the traffic up. But I'm not sure they can punch their way out of a paper bag, some of those just poor characters. Let me ask you about um, what's going on at ITV as well, because you're mm. a commonsensical individual, um, Nick. And, mm. and, I mean, what has happened to ITV, in my view, 
he's nothing short of criminal. I mean, they, they've, begun, they've gone woke. Uh, they've allowed people to get away with certain types of behaviour because they had the right political views or they showed themselves to be, you know, kind and gentle and all of that. But the people who they didn't like, they just kind of torched and just let go. Jeremy Clarkson, Jeremy Kyle, Piers Morgan, uh, all the people that they just let go of because they didn't fancy what they said. Uh, but they let people like Schofield and Ant McPartland flourish. Yeah, the Philip Schofield was a secret that everybody knew about. Mm. I mean, I don't watch daytime TV, really, and I don't watch mainstream TV at all. Yeah. And even I knew what was going on there just by reading Twitter, so we all knew what was going on. Um, every organisation has a safeguarding policy. Every organisation has a responsibility to protect the people who work in that agency, mm. in that organisation. And ITV have done exactly what the BBC did decades ago. They dropped the ball because they put financial income ahead of safeguarding vulnerable members well, of staff. Well, they did. And I've actually got some breaking news on that as well. Dr Ranj Singh, who issued a statement at the weekend about how he witnessed a culture of bullying uh, and toxic behaviour and harassment um, at ITV, particularly at this morning. He's issued another formal statement after a photo of himself um, with beleaguered former This Morning host Philip Schofield's young lover, resurfaced online today. He says, I've noticed people posting news articles where a journalist took a tweet from 10 years ago in isolation, completely out of context from the wider discussion, and used it to imply something else. This is inaccurate and unfair, and those comments were clarified years ago. Matt and I worked together at this morning, he was 21, uh, when we took this picture at the studio uh, in 2017, uh, and it was obviously taken as a joke. Well, there you are. Seems to have mentioned his name. Yeah, um, yeah. I is, mean, this is just a can of worms, isn't it? It is, and it's. But this happens in all large organisations where you get people who are deemed more valuable than other people. So you'll bend over backwards for those so-called stars who yes. they think are bringing in the money. And there's lessons to be learned here. And one of the big lessons we need to learn, and the same thing happened with Jimmy Savile and Rolf Harris and all those people. After it all comes out. We have far too many people who then come out and say, mm. I knew, I thought this was wrong at the time. Mm. Where were you five years ago? Yeah. You may have lost your job. Of course, there was risk to take. But do you know what? When it comes to safeguarding and saving young people and say, you know, stopping people abusing other people, people should speak out at the time. Right. Not good enough after the fact. Right. I mean, Philip Schofield's over now. There's nothing he can do to anybody. So it's safe to talk about him now. People should have talked about this five, six years ago. Yeah. To be fair, I think some people did do yeah, and some I'm people sure they tried did. to, but of course ITV denied everything and just said, oh, we've done an investigation, none of it's true. So it was ITV that was holding up the kind of um, the truth from coming out, as it turns out. And now we need to find out who those senior managers were and we need to hold them accountable. Yes. That's how this culture changes. It changes by holding senior management to account. And once they start losing their jobs for doing something like this, every senior manager in every other organisation goes, oh, I better behave myself. Yes. I can't do this anymore because I might lose my job. I exactly. might lose my pension. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. It's a good point. Well, good luck with it, Nick. I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon before the uh, the, the voting begins. But uh, there'll be plenty of people that would like you rather than Andy Burnham, I'm sure. Nick Buckley, MBE, uh, mayoral candidate in Manchester and campaigner, of course, as well. Coming up, uh, we've got much more to do. Ben Clatworthy's going to be here. We've got some rail strikes to tell you about. And also the DVLA apparently are going on strike again. Um, before that, they used to just work from home. Uh, presumably they're going to strike from home, are they? This is Talk TV. <laughs>